Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ballplayer podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 73rd episode of the podcast, where today we get to talk to legendary Texas coach Ron Eastman from the Woodlands High School. Coach Eastman is, first and foremost, an incredible person. Uh, one of the most humble guys I've talked to now in 73 episodes. And here he is, close to 400 wins at the Woodlands. Close to, I'm sorry, close to 500 wins at the Woodlands. He's 482 and 155 in 21 seasons at, at, as the Woodlands skipper. He's won 14 district championships. Overall, as a head coach, he's won 640 games. Only lost 275 of them. He's had three state championships in Texas. He's a three-time national coach of the year. He's had three first-round draft picks. In 17, he was the Hall of Fame class in the, high school, in the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. 57 All-State players, 60, 16 All-Americans, 26 players overall in the draft. In 2006, his Highlanders were crowned the national champions by Bear of Baseball America. Just extremely humble. You'll hear it. In, you'll hear it as we talk, and as I'm trying to learn and ask him questions, and, and how he d- does things. And this guy's been doing metal game before metal game was popular. Before people wasn't really supposed to talk about their mental game. He's been doing it for years. Um, and just a really fun conversation. Um, getting from a guy who is now also talking about drive line. He's talking about rap soto. And he continues to learn. He continues to get better. And he also has people surrounding him that like he talks about how they compliment him. And what he does. Um, very aware of who he is and and what he does. And he tries to instill that into his players. As one of the best thing he talks about was just how we've heard a common thing is how he tries to make kids their best pitching coach, their best hitting coach. And by doing that, you create awareness for them. And it also talks about his routines. When they're doing his mental stuff, you don't, you don't get a release routine unless you have awareness that, hey, I'm messing up. So once I mess up, okay, now I need this release routine. So he's creating that self-awareness and – you understand how great of a guy is and an ex- exceptional leader because he talks about how he lives what he preaches. He practices what he preaches, and he does this in his daily life. So, Coach Eastman, can't thank you enough. Um, just like I can't thank Will Miner and the guys that sponsor us, uh, you know, our Netting Pros chat family uh, is pretty awesome, and I love being part of it. Uh, netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting, backdrops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Will Miner, contact the Netting Professionals at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingprofessionalsnettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. You know, Will's done a great job and really helps us out with all our guys uh, promoting our stuff and getting things out there. Coach Eastman talked about getting the notes, likes the notes, and I think there's other. that was the first time something – Somebody really had really talked about those. Um, but Will takes it upon himself to also, uh, and the Netting Pros guys, to publish our notes and, and, and to get them out there and to show people what we're doing. So I can't thank those guys enough. for, um, and, and like I said, I enjoy being part of the family, the Netting Pros family. So 
give those guys a look. That is enough. And again, Coach Ron Eastman from Woodlands High School is an absolute legend, stud. He's a dude. And can't wait for you guys to enjoy it. Get your notes ready. I, I took a ton of them. And uh, so, but here he is. Legendary coach from the Woodlands High School, Coach Ron Eastman. He's a great guy, and he knows yeah. what he's doing. The kids really, you know, we were eating fire and bending yeah. rebar with our throats, and yeah. I was wondering if someone was going to go to the ER. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, he's kind of, you know, I was into the mental game before there was a mental game, and then Brian, you know, he kind of took Ken Raviza's stuff and uh, marketed it. In fact, I talked to Raviza one year at the ABCA, and he's like, yeah, that Brian, you know, Kane guy, he just, because they know each other, and yeah. he just, he learned how to market it and put it on uh, tape, and then he went big teaching you how to teach yourself. So it's good stuff. It's very, it's applicable to what you're doing. Yeah, concrete, very concrete, you know, and then so, like you said, you did it a lot. You said before even Brian came around. What did Brian do to like help increase? You know, like what you were doing. I, you know, what Brian, what Brian did, and through Ken Raviza and Dr. Hanson and their stuff with Heads Up Baseball, it it made it more, um, you know, applicable to what we were doing on the field, uh, especially uh, routines. You know, I've I've always preached it's not about what happens to you; it's about how you respond to it. And then they, they took some – they just kind of took that and ran with it in the sports field as far as, you know, how, how to recognize your traffic lights. Um, and if you're you you know if you're in green, you're, you're in go. You don't need to be thinking it at all. And then uh, when you get into yellow and things start to spin out of control, then, uh, you know, what kind of release and refocus are you going to use? You know, I heard Joe, Sat Joe Sato did a great job talking about that in one of your podcasts. Uh, but just the, the the release and refocus and how, how to, um, you know, focus on what you can control during a ball game and then take that to the mound or take it on defense, take it to base running, uh, take it into um, to the defense, to the batter's box as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I because I, Joel, um, speaking said Joel, because Joel had mentioned to me that he's in a, Kind of a coaching group with Brian and I think a couple guys. Are you part of that group with Joel? I'm in I'm in one as BCA coaches and we share a lot of information yeah. through text and through email. That's just been awesome with Coach Roof and yeah and Joe and yeah you know, you know, Eric Kibler um, who just spoke. You know he he so you get a lot of feedback. You know I wish I wish this was around in my younger younger years when I was getting started. It would have been tremendous um you know as a young coach mm -hmm. to have, have all this um uh, information at your fingertips within social media I and mean, there's a lot of negatives about social media but man the stuff that you can sift through and and listen and now you know we could talk and uh nationwide you know from um from virginia out to san diego and everywhere in between there's coaches that are they're sharing information and um that's a you know the one great thing about baseball coaches that that I've realized over the years is that, you know, most are not, not um, shy at all or protective at all about what they do. They're very willing to share. Um, and I, I've had, a, I've had a lot of fun listening to your podcast in the last two or three weeks, oh, um, going, trying to go through one a day. And this is, this is just awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. I, I, Cause that's, I, I've, 
I've found the same thing, you know, and six, you know, I've, I've been doing it 16 years and <clears throat> just through the ABCA and the different hot stoves you are. And just when you get a chance to just talk to somebody during this, during, during the, during the season and all very willing to share. And, um, so I, I totally, and, that, and that's why I was just like, man, like I had conversations with Brian. I've had conversations with a lot of the guys that I had in the podcast. And I'm like, man, if we would just record this stuff, like this would be phenomenal, man. Like I've just been, Cause I mean, for me, I just, I just try to learn and I learn from other people, you know, and, um, and, and I loved, I love the networking part of it. So that's just, that's kind of like how all this started where, you know, that's why I was like talking to you. Like, I just, I just want to talk some baseball to see what I can learn. Like my, I think, I guess my question is to you, Coach, like, cause I, you said, like, I wish I had this in my younger days. So is it, is it the networking part? Like you feel like just the group that you have with like coach Sato, coach Roof, coach Kibler, is it more of the networking or just able to get information uh, from everybody or is it a little bit of, because I know you've, oh, you've been a lifetime member uh, of the association, right? Uh, I wouldn't say lifetime. I, I was, um, but I've been there a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got pulled in by David Sitton. We've got such a strong organization in Texas. I think it's the second largest in the country besides the ABCA. Wow. And so, uh, it's we have our um, conference. There's over 3,000 coaches there usually, and yeah. and so I was uh, talking to uh, David Sitton, who was a longtime coach at Dumble High School, and and David was on the board, and he asked me to come and and help him out, and and man, it's you know it's not a large organization like the ABCA, but the the BCA is, golly the uh, the knowledge, but also just the passion. Uh, of the men who are involved with, with the national high school baseball coaches association. It's just, it's unmatched. I mean, I, I really have missed that the last couple of years um, with COVID. And then I had an injury a while back and uh, kept me from, from moving around, but it's uh, yeah, I guess a little of both. I mean, just the, the friendship and across the country. And um, then also the, the information is just, invaluable what you're what you're gleaning from these guys and so a lot of times now it's just um some positive feedback that what we do is I, i'm not as eloquent as a lot of the guys that you've had on here but uh, just you know but just what we do is real similar to what a lot of the people do around the country who who uh, are successful like 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 what let's 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 dig into some of that because i mean like you know, I, I know you're being very humble and you, I know you're how humble you are. And, uh, but like you've been doing the mental game, like you said before, you know, Brian Kane made it pretty knowledgeable and it's, it's now almost like every pro team has a mental coach. You know, I've had two of them on the Oriole coach and a, and a Philly coach. And then, uh, so it's kind of becoming, if you're not working on it, you, everybody knows so it's like, almost like weightlifting now. So like, what are some of those things that, you know, how you have done and what you've done really well? Well, I, I think early on, you know, I was, I would talk about the mental game and we would say that, you know, how much of the game, when you talk to your guys, how much of the game is mental and they give you various answers. And we'd end up, I'd end up saying it was 90 to 95% mental at the highest level. You know, when you're a little league, when you're at 11 or 12, it's 0% mental pretty much because the biggest, you know, the biggest, strongest kids are going to dominate and every level you go up, it becomes more and more mental. And then recently, and this is not an original thought, but, um, you know, the the six inches, uh, I think it was Brian Kane actually said it, but I heard somebody else say it on one of the podcasts, you know, the six inches between your ears controls the six feet below your, below your head. And 
Um, I think what I've told my guys in meetings is that I, and my feeling is that, you know, the mental game's about 5% of the game, but that 5% controls the other 95%. Mm. And so the, the emphasis, I think where we're at in high school baseball and we play at the largest classification in, in Texas. So we're a 6A, 6A program. We're a big high school. We have a lot of talent in this area. And so uh, we need to realize that a lot of times the, the um, difference between winning and losing a game is, is not necessarily the talent. It's about the execution. And so when you talk about uh, routines are invaluable, you know, we, we kind of take that uh, uh, read at the telescope approach where we look at the whole season from afar. And, you know, we have, uh, I, I think it was Pudge that was talking about, um, you know, planning out the year, but, but uh, I think all of us do that. We have our off season, which, we're trying to finalize right now. I think one of the biggest things for us is, you know, are we welcome more towards development? Because we bought into driveline. We bought into Rap Soto. I'm a little bit old to understand a lot of that information. Or do we stay with, um, you know, the fundamentals and, and um, co- competition? And so I think the mental game allows you, uh, if you can harness, I'm kind of rambling here, but if you can kind of harness the mental game, it allows you to focus on being, where your feet are, I guess that's a catchphrase now, or uh, the present moment, which is what we talk about. And, and I, when we talk about mental toughness um, and the ability to compete, that's very simple uh, to me to, to understand. And, but the hard part uh, is to try to get the guy to understand how to actually apply that in practice or in game. And mm. so uh, I think, you know, I was – Somebody, uh, Andy McKay, who I think is still with uh, the Mariners. Yeah. He does a good job out there. And <coughs> he shared a, um, a tweet with, uh, I'm not an NBA, a uh, big NBA guy anymore, but it was at Giannis. And um, he was talking about uh, how same thing, being where your feet are. And that's where his being become so successful. But he was talking about how the past is your ego. And then your your future is the pride is your pride, and being in the present moment is being humble and um, being able to compete and, and just enjoy what you're doing. Uh, and I've sent out some messages to my players about the Olympics because if you just hear about these, especially swimming and gymnastics, but if you hear these athletes talk, they just consistently talk about being in the present moment, about enjoying what they're doing, how important the mental game actually is mm-hmm. at, at that high level. Um, kind of going back to what you originally asked, I think routines are huge, um, you know, as far as teaching in practice, in game. And again, going back to um, when we show up at the ball field, we, we tell our guy, I've been telling him this for years, when you go into the locker room, you, you're taking off your street clothes. You're, you know, you're no longer a student. You're no longer a boyfriend. You're no longer a son. Uh, you put on your uniform and you're, you're getting ready to practice. And then I think we probably all have that line where we tell the guys, you know, when you step across this line, it's all practice. It's all baseball for the next 90 minutes or two hours or three hours, whatever it's going to take. And uh, they they start the ability to to focus in on what they're going to do during that practice or during that game. And then after practice, they they go back and you you can't stay locked into baseball 24-7, I think, uh, a lot of guys try that, but you've got to go back to being a student. And we preach being a student athlete first or being a student first and uh, go back to being a, a good son and, and being go back to possibly being a boyfriend and and um, 
you know, being a, a good community member. So, uh, so I think the routines and then your individual routines, whether it's on the mound, uh, whether it's in the batter's box, uh, whether it's defensively or base running, there's a lot of information out there on, on how to do that. Uh, you know, if you're in green, if everything's going well, if you're, you don't really need to have a, a release. Uh, but I think the guys need to know how to, to release the negative, uh, whether you're calling it dropping the brick, whether it's flushing the toilet. I remember back in, oh, yeah. in, uh, in 2006, it was kind of popular. I think, uh, uh, LSU and, and the legendary coach there that brought out their their small toilet. So we had one and we took it all the way to the state championship and we take it in the dugout every game. And uh, it was just kind of symbolic that if something negative happened, just go flush the toilet. And uh, we've been saying, so what next pitch um, forever and just trying to win, win that next pitch and staying in that present moment. Um, so I think that's, those are huge. Uh, the breathing, uh, I think all of us probably work a little bit on breathing. We're trying to get better. Um, it's one thing to to learn how to breathe properly when there's no pressure on, but in the middle of a in the middle of a playoff game when things start to speed up, uh, then you have to be you have to have the ability to slow the game down. And I think that's in a nutshell being able to stay at where your feet are, being in the present moment, whatever you want to call it, but then. Also, the ability to, to slow the game down, because um, I, don't, I don't know how much slowing the game down is happening, you know, in the summer and fall ball and the showcases in the offseason. So uh, you need to practice that. So when when the time when the game does speed up on you, that you have the ability to recognize that and you have something to go to. Lot, <clears throat> lot to unpack there. So like, yeah, so my head's spinning because like I'm, this is right up my alley. And um I absolutely love all this. I had a little toilet in my in our dugout as well, um, and so I guess I, I just coming to find out because you said that you said there's a million ways of doing it. What ways have you found to best incorporate this these things into practice? Uh, well, we you know you're talking about teenagers, so you right. need buy in. You need buy in, and and not everybody, and you need buy in from your assistant coaches. And I think I've been preaching this for a long time. So I think most of the guys will we'll understand this last year with COVID it kind of put us off our game or we, we were fortunate to be on the field the whole season, but we couldn't meet, you know, in a classroom, we didn't have that availability and the masks were up the whole time. But it, it kind of took me out of my game uh, talking to the guys, you know, before practice, but uh, as for the offensive part of it, you know, we try to have set routine. They have to have their routine. So when they're waiting in line, whether it be in the batting cages or it's not their turn, or when we have our group of four or five hitting, you know, the, each 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 batter has a specific role our, at our place. The your um, at bat starts in the hole, so the in the hole guy's got his bat, his helmet on, his batting gloves on, and then your on deck guy's timing the pitcher. And so I think a lot of us do that now, where you're not just standing around the cage watching it, but you really have to monitor that one. And if you know if the guys are in their cage with their their Duties. I'm not sure how good a job they do that. I think the ones who really see success, you know, they work on it in the cages. Um, my pitching coaches, Shane Graves and Dane Mitchell, they do a really good job in the bullpen. I think focusing or trying to get the guys to focus on their routine in the bullpen and not just just not going through the motions. Um, there's plenty of information out there now about competitive bullpens. I know you've talked about them with other coaches um, working on holding runners in, in the bullpen. 
but also going through your routine and understanding what your release is, whether it be, you know, our pitchers try to get off the mound, get off the dirt and get out of that batter's box. You know, if you can get out of the batter's box or at least wipe it clean or undo your, your gloves. If we'll do that the first three days, um, we'll kind of explain that to them in the classroom and then we'll hit the field. And um, defensively, we talk about getting out of the circle. You know, if you make a mistake, you make an error, get, get out of that imaginary circle. We'll actually draw a circle in practice where they've got to get out of the circle. Um, sometimes in drill work, we'll have them intentionally bobble a the ball. They'll make a mistake. Uh, you know, we have to make a panic play or they make an error and they've got to get back and refocus on doing that. So uh, I think just trying, trying to, we have large numbers, so it's challenge. It's a challenge for us, um, but trying to get them to focus on their routines and practice. Um, those are just some of the ways. I even know somebody said the purpose, the purposeful bobble, but like, I guess the progression will be like, we have to talk about this, have a classroom setting, you know, we then will make sure that you're going to be putting these things in practice. Uh, we're going to do some specific drills that you're going to do that. Uh, pitcher, maybe throws two balls in a row, get off the get off the mound, get in the grass, and then go through your release. Is that kind of how you're explaining it there? Yes, that's our that's our goal. Okay, but yeah, because I mean, I think that's that is the biggest thing. Like, hey, what is a release routine? Um, how do you get rid of it? Get get rid of it? And even because it's just like you have those conversations with the guys all the time. It's like, look, man, you just threw two balls away. Like they 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 must hit the same spot. Like arm side missed high and arm side. You did it twice. Don't get back on the mound and do it again. Like, you know, I, I think it's just the, the that's a huge thing, you know, for people to realize. And just think about self-awareness. We're trying to do that. Have you what have you found, I guess, with the players who are really good at that and just how they are overall as an overall person? Like guys who could really have a self-awareness of like creating these routines, like they got really good at what you're trying to teach them. Does it transfer to other things? I think I think so, and I and I, I'm not going to take any credit for that. We're just trying to enhance it. But they came in, you know. You, you look at um, Drew Roma, who was a first round draft pick um, a couple of years ago as a catcher, and yeah, you're not going to find a more outstanding young man who who came in and and he was locked in from day one, and and his routines and his focus in the classroom on the baseball field. Uh, we just tried to help him enhance what he already had. Same with Paul Goldschmidt, you know, who's a longtime um, MLB player, I think seven-time All-Star, now with the Cardinals. You know, Paul, you're not going to find a, a more focused, hardworking young man than him. And and so he came in that way. Uh, mm. Jamison Talion, who's pitching with the Yankees. Uh, now he was a first-round pick uh, out of our, our place. And uh, Jamison was – we could in the fall when we didn't, we only had two coaches in the fall a few back in the day, you know, Jamison was almost like a, a, a our pitching coach during the fall. And you know, we had another one, Stephen Maxwell, who ended up pitching for TCU and, and helping them get to the college world series. And Stephen was also just um, like another coach on the field. So I think you've got those guys, Cody Howard for us last year at Tommy John, he was supposed to be our number one. He didn't pitch for us. He's um, going to Baylor. He, um, you know, he was just locked in and focused. So, yeah, I think those guys are, are pretty special when, when you have them that uh, that are locked in. And and hopefully they could pull some of the other guys along with them a little bit where they can, um, you know, bring them up into that that 
group that's going to help you compete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man, it's just great. <laughs> and then I, I guess another question, because like when you brought TCU and we all know, you know, Brian, because of course, Brian Kane's been with them a long time. Have you found that, I guess, with all your players that you put on, like, is it, is it, have you found good places for them where, let's say the coach, you know, like, let's say TCU, like that seemed like it was an easy transition for your player to go there because they work so much in the mental game. They probably have some of the same language. Have you found other places like that to, hey, this is going to be a great fit for you because they kind of do what we do? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not finding them places, but uh, if they're, if they're, um, interested in those schools, I will tell them they're, um, that might be a good fit. Yeah. I just imagine it would would just be such a nice way, you know, a a nice fit for them. Yes. I think for, for programs who, I think that's probably for every high school program. If they, if you've got colleges that do things similar to the way you do them. Yeah. I've, I've been told by a couple of college coaches that our guys are very well prepared for the speed of the game. And for, so I think we do a pretty good job of preparing them for that. Yeah. And that's like the mental game just helps, helps them out with that. You know, has, have you ever had conversations with kids, I guess, who have gone on and said that maybe they struggled and then you've kind of helped them remind, remember we worked on these things, like this is what you should be doing. There's been a couple over the years, not, not too many, but there's been a couple over the years that uh, they'll come back or, or the other, the funny one is that, They'll come back and they're like, coach, we did this, this, and they're all excited about it. And you're thinking, well, we did that. We've been doing that forever. And right. that coach is and but that coach is just saying it a different way. Or yeah. or maybe maybe they're now their college coach. And so it makes you feel makes you feel good. But uh Jamison Tyan, who's you know, one of the best kids ever, and he's been through a lot of adversity uh with you know two Tommy Johns and cancer and and now he's pitching really well for the Yankees. And I'm just thankful that you know, he's you know, come back, but I remember him, we talked his first year and in, in, out of high school when he was a rookie ball. And, and here's the kid that we, I thought was tuned into everything we're doing. And we talk about the pillow test, you know, when your head hits the pillow every night, did you give it the best you could? And he's like, coach, I never really understood what the pillow test meant until now when he's, a, you know, training camp with the, with the pirates. I'm like, well, some, you know, the light bulb may not come off with us, uh, but it may come on later. And I've heard so many coaches on these podcasts, and that's, I think, one of the reasons you put this together, that we're not about just baseball. We're about trying to help these young men develop um, into young adults that are going to be good good boyfriends, good husbands, good fathers, uh, good community members, and, and be good people. And I think from everybody I've heard so far touched on that, that if you, um, you, know, if you develop good people – uh, the winds will take care of themselves. And so and we, we've been saying that forever. And it's, again, most of these coaches that, you know, we're trying to develop champions off the field and, and the championships on the field and take care of them. If you get the talent, we've been blessed with, with good talent. So we usually are pretty competitive. Trying to develop champions off the field. Absolutely. And exactly why you're here, coach. I know you like, you're so humble. And I was like, I don't know about this. And I'm like, Yes, I'm like, <laughs> this is exactly this is exactly uh, why you're here, Coach. And I can't thank you enough again for having some time and, and talking about this. This is awesome. Oh, man. So, like, and you mentioned the community twice. So, I guess I'm just, uh, you know, and I, like I said, I understand that people got to get better. We have talent. But, like, you know, you're, you just take it a next step. You talk about community members. Are you, do you, in the Woodlands community there, like, what kind of things do you, do you, 
do you have to go into the community and work? Do you do things for the community? Like how are you kind of uh, modeling that for, for uh, your guys? Yeah, I think first and foremost, we, um, many years ago, uh, we, we sat down we spent our first, usually the first three days of school, um, we stay in the classroom. And so we have basically a little bit over an hour for three days, which we'll touch on depending on what I think is important. And I've kind of simplified it because we have our core values, which I think most people have now, um, who they're about. And, and we sat down, it was actually with Brian Kane and, and um, he helped us do this. He wasn't here, but we had our group sit down and came up with our core values. And the, the overriding theme was family. And so I, I couldn't really figure out how to way to tie in family as one of our core values. So we just call it our family values. And, and, uh, they're real simple, um, and I think everybody's got a, some kind of area with this. But you know, talk about excellence. You're talking about be the best you can on and off the field, or whatever you do. Compete, competitive, uh, be competing, and trying to teach them what being a competitor is. Um, energy, having a relentless energy, and then being selfless. You know, um, playing for the person next to you. But then we took it the next step further, where you know how how our discussion is. How are these visible in the community? How are they visible in the classroom? And how are they visible on the baseball field? And so every year we'll talk about, you know, how, how does excellence look in the classroom? Or how does um, selfless look in the community? And it's been over 20 years ago, We I asked the parents at our booster club meeting, I said, um, I'm looking for a way. When I first started, you know, I, I took over this program and it was already very successful coming off the state championship. And, you know, Mike McGovery had done a great job. And I had been in a, a head coach in Houston for, for eight years and come up. It was a family decision, not a baseball decision. And uh, they had opened the high school in 1996. It was brand new. And the principal called me and said, we have a head coach, but uh, we have a assist, full-time assistant. If you'd like to come up, I know you're looking to get where our boys were little at that time. And, um, so we moved in. Then Mike, after 2000, Mike uh, resigned, retired, and um, I took over. And I wanted to continue the success, but I also wanted to develop a program, not just you know baseball team. Mm. And so I asked the parent, I asked the parents at the booster club what kind of service. And one of the parents jumped right up the next meeting and said, uh, "There's this group at Challenger, and and Challenger is an offshoot of Little League baseball for the mentally and physically challenged kids." And there was a guy there, Doug Brogan, who still runs Challenger in the Woodlands. And we, we um, you know, teamed up with Doug. And, and every fall and every spring, uh, they have Challenger games over at the local Little League fields that our guys show up in mass. Um, and I think it does our guys more good. I mean, the Challenger kids are just ecstatic to see the Highlanders uh, there. And um, our guys, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rough first step because it's an eye-opening experience when you show up. Uh, with with the special needs kids out there and uh but you know COVID shut that down last year and I'm crossing my fingers that they they bring it back again this year but every fall and every spring um that's a big ask for us that they show up uh, over at the challenger we have challenger night at the ballpark uh where they um you know we invite them out and they get to be on the field for the the uh, national anthem and uh, that's that's been our our biggest. We've done some smaller service projects, but that's been the biggest one over the years is the our um, coordination with Challenger. 
Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I, I was able to do that, and you, you got kids in wheelchairs, you know, playing baseball, and those yeah. guys follow them around, helping them run, helping them get around the bases, throwing the ball oh. around in between the in between the innings. It's just phenomenal. It's just a great experience for sure. I, I can't agree with. I can't love that. Love that. I heard so much. I heard so much even from my assistant coaches, and said I really needed that. You know, the guys, my assistants, that would actually help too. I'm just. I'm not sure how how much of your staff got involved either, but. It's a, a great thing, man. So you guys, will that be right in Woodlands? So is that like a local thing? Ours is more like a county. Uh, well, our, it's at the local Little League. I okay. think he draws I think he draws from outside of the community as well. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few different ones around the Houston area. Okay. Um, but a lot of our a lot a lot of our students are um are a lot of our the kids at Challenger are actually special needs students at the high school. Oh, and awesome. so they get that connection in the building every once in a while too. Oh, that'd be, that's big time. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, that's awesome. That we're looking, they, they started up a group and we fell apart last year with COVID, but uh, it's a group at the school called meet in the middle where they're trying to get um, students at the high school to come in once, once a month and, and meet with um, the special needs kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we have, we have an outstanding special needs group at our school as far as, faculty and staff and and it's it's grown and uh, trying to get maybe a, a small baseball clinic we were going to do it last year and then couldn't do it so we'll right. we're trying to reach out in that way that's been that's been something close to my heart and i've seen a lot of a lot of great things come out of uh, the volunteer work with challenger yeah well and it's funny i think you said that as, as people you know could also think like well like man i'm just getting started here oh it's only year five or it's only year three it sounds like you came right out of the gate doing that so you said in 2000 right well, yeah but i had i had been a head head coach at a large high school in houston for eight years yeah and was assistant for three so um it was a, it was a big step but i i um you know it was a challenge mm-hmm. definitely a challenge to right um I guess I, another question I have because I, I did the 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 MVP process, you know, like as Brian would say, um, and our core values. And so like, you've been doing it for so long. How how do you get each team to own those values? You know, you got a new class coming in every year. You know, the juniors and now seniors. How do they own those same values that you've had? Selfless energy, uh, competitiveness, and excellence. How do they own it each year? Uh, well, I think some do better than others. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it goes it goes year to year. I, I, I've I've been working very hard the last few weeks trying to figure out those first. The first three days are important to me. Yeah, because uh, you know, three hours sounds like a lot, but it's it's not really when you get into talking about what we're doing and what we're not. But I think I've, I've really started to simplify things the last few years, the older I get and that uh, we're going to, we're going to have to meet each other. And usually we go around the room and introduce each other, but we're going to do, um, I haven't decided what yet, but do some different things where we're going to put them with, you know, a freshman, a sophomore, a junior and a senior in a group and find out a little bit about each other. We've done this in the past. So I think, it's important that they understand um, who their teammates are. And last year with the masks and not being able to do a lot of the mental game and not being able to, to do a lot of the, I don't even know who my freshmen looked like, you know, because they showed up in tryouts and masks and we ended the year in masks. And um, 
So I think getting to know each other is, is crucial and getting to understand who they are. And, and we try, you know, there was a stigma many years ago that, you know, the, the seniors could do a lot and the freshmen were the, the grunt workers. And, and we've tried to give the freshmen a lot of ownership in the program and treat them, um, uh, you know, equally, I guess yeah. you could say. Uh, but the, the other thing is everything is earned too. So you've got to earn, but I think earning your, your teammates respect uh, um, just because they're your teammate, you know, you still have to earn the respect. And so getting to know each other, I think is vital first. And then talking to them about how we demonstrate that in the classroom or how we demonstrate it in the community. And I, I think this is a lot on me, uh, but we have to follow up. You know, if we give them, whether it's challenger uh, for selflessness, uh, whether it's grades, the GPA, you know, I've heard some great things from coaches checking up on grade point averages. I have one of my assistants that does a good job checking, checking grades for the guys. And, um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's in your, your leadership too. I mean, you know, those, whether they're seniors, sophomores, or juniors, uh, we've got some kids that are young that are pretty talented as far as leadership. We've got a junior coming back this year. And uh, I think they have to hold their teammates accountable. Uh, that's, that's, that's huge um, as far. And again, we have to try to figure out good ways to model that. And to, and a lot of them just come with it in, you know, it's already instilled in them, but holding their teammates accountable, they're going to listen to their teammates a lot more than they'll listen to, to, to me lecturing to them usually. Oh yeah. That peer, that peer role models uh, are, are very important. Peer leadership. Um, I guess, cause the reason I ask is, is like, you know, my buddy, uh, Wes Brooks, you know, doing a lot of core value stuff and it's like, have you ever, like, does the question come to you each year? Like, are these the values? Like, do they, are they, do we need to change the values? Does each team need to have their own values? Like, how have you like worked through that, man? Like that's, that's one of the tough things is, you know, guys, like, cause I, I think so much stuff is like, Hey, this, what, if you're not doing this, what you do, like your advice, but like, for me, the consistency is like really what separates, you know, that's coach Eastman from total, like the, your consistency. But like, I think, do you fight that? Do you fight that? where like, Hey, should I change the core values up? Like, is it time to do that? Where have you had that conversation and where has been? I, no, I have that conversation every year. Yeah. And, and the kids are just kind of quiet because I guess they, hopefully they like what we do because I said, we're, this is open to, to discussion. This is open to change if we want to sit down and do it. And, um, I would get, and I was just thinking about that, you know, last week when I was putting my presentation together and it's the same thing is, after we get to know each other and after we present these family values, you know, what do we think about them? And do we need to think about modifying them this year? Cause this, this would be a great year since last year was, uh, I want to, I want to say a wash because we actually got to play baseball. So it was, a, I was excited about that. But as far as um, a lot of the group and, and team building, um, you know, that we hope to get during the season, uh, we didn't get last year. So uh, that's going to be something I present to them uh, next week. We come back on Wednesday. And so probably Thursday, it's going to be um, focused on getting to know each other and, and the family values and just kind of seeing where we are as a group. This group, I think this year is a little bit more vocal. Uh, I've had some good conversations with some I've seen during the summer 
And so I think uh, I think if any year uh, where we look at changing, if we need to, I mean, if you look at what we, if you look at the the four core values, I mean, and then you look at pretty much everybody in the country, they're going to have some semblance of these four. They may yeah. have more than they may have more. They may have less. And just about being a good person. So, and um, try to be the best person you can in all three of those areas. Absolutely. No, absolutely. That was, that was success. I was just wondering, cause I just didn't know how much you fought it with just the different values and, and, and things like that. Um, so when you get to like getting to know people, like what's some of the best ways you found like for, for your guys to get to know each other? Like what are you, what are some of the things that you like to do? Uh, well, we're not, we're not big on, we don't, we, we can't really spend a lot of time outside of school with our guys because of the rules. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, every state's different. So we have that, we have 55 minutes every day uh, where we can, um, you know, work. So like I said, we're, we're going to get together um, on Wednesday or Thursday and they're going to introduce each other and get to know each other that way. Uh, we have um, after we, we have after our 55 minutes, this is brand new last year. I think that our governing body, the UIL, felt sorry for us because of COVID. And we get another hour of strength and conditioning after our hour our baseball class okay it's op- totally optional because it's after school so we're going to work on some things there um that may not be totally strength and conditioning but a lot of competitive stuff put them in groups yeah. um maybe and maybe relay races uh maybe basketball and maybe football and maybe fungo golf um we we've toyed with the idea of finding a ropes course we haven't done that one yet um because it's the, the logistics involved and you have, these are the ways that you'd like to get to know each other. So it's nothing like when you guys have a classroom session, you're not like trying to do certain little things there either. Like when they're trying to know, you may get some like get to know you activity. Um, I'll, I'll pull something. I'm not real great at that. That's not, that's not my forte as far yeah. as getting to know each other, but yeah. I, so you'd like to do it more, more, more along the lines of like your activities that this is how we're going to get to know each other by putting them into a relay race and, and the uh, uh, obstacle course and things like that. So, yeah, like yeah, that's that. And we're, and we're going to have a staff meeting uh, with my two assistants there in the fall. What we've done in the past is we put them in groups, groups of seven, eight, nine, ten. We're, we've got a lot of kids this year in our, our program, but and they have uh, a leader or two leaders in that group and they're accountable. So uh, a lot of times they have met with that group once a week for five or 10 minutes just to check and see how everybody's doing. And so that group becomes kind of tight. And then at the end of the fall and in November, we have a, a draft and we have, we, we have a Highlander games. I talked to Matt Deggs. So when Matt was at, um, when Matt was at AM, he was the offensive coordinator at AM. I got a hold of him and um, we went up three, three of my staff members. And have you ever heard Matt? Yeah. Matt you know? was on the, Matt was on the podcast. Yeah. I got to, t- I got to talk to right. Mac yeah. two weeks ago. Okay. So that's right. And so, awesome. uh, no, he's, but he, I, t- I, well, you could tell by the interview, we sat in his office at A&M and he spoke for two hours mm. and was just getting warmed up on offense. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was like, Matt, I'm sorry. We got to drive. We got to get back. It's, you know, it's been two hours, you know, and then, then the, he went through those issues at, um, yeah. there and, and then Louisiana and Sam, and we were touch base at Sam. When he was at Sam, he was the state. But, um, 
try what were we talking about because i just drew a blank oh about getting to know each other getting to know everyone and how you'll like you're probably going to put like so once you put the guys in like their groups like oh, some people call crews. them boat crews that's, that's what Matt was calling he was calling yep. them boat so we call them in boat crews and then oh we got the they call them the omaha games at AM. yeah and so we got that's where i was going with that so he, he had this idea and it gave us the point you know the point totally she shared all that with us and so uh, our state championship has been at Dell Diamond, um, which was the AAA for the Astros until this year. Beautiful facility. They're, they're awesome up there. So we just call it the Dell Challenge. And so we'll have we'll have a draft. And so those groups will get to know each other because they're going to have to perform a skid or a dance. But then we'll have um, s- serious competitions as far as relays or strength. We change it to obstacle course. So they root for each other. So that's uh, that's in November, um, October. We have, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know how much it helps get to know each other, but we have our, um, Halloween game, uh, our dress up softball game. And about three or four years ago, the softball coach and I are friends and he said, you want to do it together? We'll do, um, softball against baseball, uh, softball awesome. game. And so, uh, the kids, they, they get they, they, they get a big kick out of that. And I think it's great to, you know, support other organizations. And so softball has always been supportive of baseball. And, and we've done a good job supporting them. So we have our Halloween, you know, our dress-up softball game between softball and baseball. And the sub-varsity sometimes play kickball because there's so many of them and just facilities. But I think that that incorporates a lot of – got to have fun too. Mm-hmm. I, I want I – want, and this, this goes back to you know, Kyle Drabeck is – we're good friends. He and Goldschmidt were on that team in 06. It was so special. And, you know, they came back many years. They had high school is the f- best time of our lives. Mm. You know, that was so much fun. You had just talk about a first-round draft pick who's playing in the majors. And uh, I said, well, that's my goal. You know, I, I know that you're I, – I want you to go on to bigger and better things in college and afterwards. I want, I want you to have – I want you to be better. But I said, I want you to look back on your high school career and – uh, think you had a good time. You learned a little bit of baseball. We had a great time, and and so we we try to just like I think all of us do try to try to have a, a fun time. It can't be all can't be all serious. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, Halloween games got to be a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Uh, just a simple, just a little, I guess, a little question of, of that. You said um, just to, I want to be clear. Like, so you have your boat crews. Let's say you had six or eight boat crews. And then you put a draft together for the Dell Challenge, or does your boat crews compete against each other in the Dell Challenge? No, no the boat crew is separate. The boat crews will go through the whole fall, and that's a lot of that's for um, attendance. Okay. And yeah. So okay. And, and so they'll have to report. We 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 make them accountable to their their boat leader, and so that boat leader is responsible for. We're trying to use it, put seniors in those roles where they're responsible for telling the coach because attendance for 64 kids is challenging when we're trying to get on the field right. and get it, get in the computer. So um, they'll, they'll be in those boat crews and we'll do in the fall. Uh, we'll, we will do relays in those boat crews. We will do competitions in those boat crews. Um, so they get to see each other in a, in a competitive nature. Um, then we'll also have our October scrimmages. And then in November we'll, we'll draft. And usually it's just four groups maybe more this year. We've got a big group, but uh, though we'll redraft and the players will get to pick um, the four captains or eight captains or whatever it is. They'll pick their, their teams for the, for the Dell challenge. And then we'll compete for 
uh, either three or four days before Thanksgiving. Very cool. Will you keep those maybe bow crews like maybe during weightlifting during your winter time, I guess beforehand, or is it mostly just for the fall? Well, we're, we're it's the same groups all fall. So we'll be together and whether we're in the weight room or whether we're on the field, um, you know, they'll, they'll be the same groups because mm -hmm. we have for that 55 minutes. So we meet, usually we meet in the weight room. We're to, our baseball field is at the original high school, which is now a junior high. So we're the only high school sport on that campus, which is kind of a good thing, bad thing. Um, you know, we're kind of over there by ourselves, but we're over there by ourselves. And so we don't have a lot of the resources available at one of the, you know, the best high school in the state, arguably. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I guess just the thing, cause I, I've had this, I've had this before, cause I've done boat crews and things like that. When you see one boat, like have you ever had to change boat crews in terms of leadership, in terms of teams, like how do you manage that and manage that? Let's say one's just not really performing well or they have the leadership that you thought, you know, how do you handle that? Not, not really. Um, but we, we don't really, they don't do a lot in those boat crews. It's mainly at the beginning. It's mainly being able okay. to touch base with those seven or eight guys, um, you know, sit down maybe five, 10 minutes once a week to see how they're doing, you know, in your group, mainly take attendance and then compete. So, uh, no, that that that's the way we handle it. That's not really that big of a deal. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Just wondering how. What? But love that. I just love, and especially it's one of your values. You know, I mean, this is what we do. It matches why we do it. You know, like it matches our why, it matches our values. You know, the boat crew just leave right into that competitiveness, being selfless within there. Like everything that you're doing is, it all matches. You know. So absolutely. Super cool, man. Oh, this is great, Coach. Um, I guess, um, I guess what you had mentioned driveline and rap soto. Like, and here's another rabbit hole that we could go down. Um, you know, really talked about the mental side of things and how you compete with talking about the community. Um, but bringing back a little bit, you talk about driveline and rap soto. Um, I guess these are things that probably has changed uh, since you started, um, but I guess understanding how do you use them? Uh, what value have you seen in them? Uh, maybe like why you felt like you needed to maybe move to the driveline rep soda. Well, uh, <laughs> the simple question is, I have an assistant coach who pushed me in that direction. Okay. Uh, he's younger and he's into the analytics. I, I've always, he he when he when he came on a couple of years ago he was very um, complimentary to me in front of a group saying I had a growth mindset and I never thought of it that way I'm just it's survival you know I'm not the smartest guy and I just work hard and I'm trying to find a way to keep an edge there and you go. so yeah you, I think that's the case with most of us we're just we're just once you think you got this game figured out, it's going to humble you in a hurry. And so I've tried to stay humble and, and uh, the drive is still there. You know, a few years ago, try to simplify our philosophy a little bit. You know, we've had some, some great pitchers. Uh, we've been blessed with, you know, some great talent and our pitching coach does a, does a great job, you know, with those guys and, and then their outside pitching coaches. And, uh, but to simplify, I said, this, in my opinion, and I may be wrong, but th this game is about 80 to 85% the pitcher hitter battle. 
And so, and that's not an original thought. I can't even remember where I heard that. But so our goal is to dominate the pitcher hitter battle. And so uh, that's a lot of what we predicate. Like our defense is very simple. We don't have a lot of bunt coverages. We don't have a lot of pickoffs uh, because we're focused on the plays that are going to happen the most in the game, which thank goodness is being supported now by a lot of the analytics that a lot right. of the game is, you know, making, we talk about not just making the routine play, but dominating the routine play. Yeah. So uh, we, we really focus in the, in the off season. I try to get our hitters better and then try to get our pitchers better and trying to get our defense defense better. So uh, the Rap Soto are, are one of my young coaches felt that, you know, Rap Soto would be a, a good investment for us to get these guys on there. Um, and I think the deal, kind of the um, what sealed the deal was we went to Baylor for a coaches clinic and right before the big state convention. And um, yeah, I know the Baylor coaches a little bit. And, and uh, I, we had a kid who was a freshman who had committed to Baylor um, in, in, before his sophomore year. And we hadn't even seen a pitch. I mean, he was hmm. a football, he was a quarterback. He was on the JV, freshman JV team. And, and it's like, what, what did you see in, in Cody? That um, he goes, coach. He has he has a better spin rate than half the guys that are roster at Baylor as as a sophomore in high school. And so I thought, well, yeah, college coaches don't call us as much as they used to about recruiting with yeah. all the showcase going on. But I said, if we can have numbers where one we can help maybe our guy get recruited, if the college coach says give me his numbers, we have it. But then secondly, if we can maybe help him develop as a pitcher. Uh, I kind of lean that to my, you know, the pitching guys. I try to stay too many cooks in the kitchen, you know. Right. But if we can try to help them get better uh, with wraps out, I think Coach Dane Mitchell, he's embraced that the last couple of years. And I think the guys, you know, I don't want them to get caught up in the numbers, but I think if, if they – I've always preached you need to be your best pitching coach or you need to be your best hitting coach. Yes, you can go get lessons. You need to listen to us, but you need to be aware of your body. You need to be aware of what works for you. Um, because in the end, you're responsible for your, for yourself and for your success. So uh, the pitching worked, and then we decided at the end of last spring to do the hitting. And so we, um, we haven't really used that yet. We're going to try to dive into that in the, in the fall. Um, I think that gives the guys, you know, if we can use it off live hitters, um, maybe. we. Modded. I was doing bat speed 30 years ago. Um, before, I mean, it was seriously, we would find these heavy bats and broomsticks. Yeah. And we, cause I did, I did a, I, it wasn't a thesis, but I did a master's project back in the eighties on bat speed uh, and it worked. Awesome. So we did it, we did overload, underload. Yeah. And then, um, so now we, you know, with driveline, they put a bit, they've partnered with the ax bats. And so we've, we've got a little, you know, listen to Dallas Baptist head coach. He's one of the best oh out there. Yeah. And it's, you know, so we've got, you know, I'm not really, kind of wired into one system we kind of improvise but we we do the overload underload uh with the heavy bats and uh, you know your, your goal is to hit the ball hard and you know the faster you swing the bat um so with the drive line i think the 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 hitting drills have been just to see that in action and you know i'm a drive line plus member so i get some some benefits there but to see the videos and and some of the stuff we've been doing for a long time that that's a good thing when you get uh, some positive feedback that you're doing the right thing. Um, so, and then the pitching end of it with the plyo balls, you know, we, we've kind of, we, we talked about, you know, 
we're not velocity builders, but we do believe in long costs. And we do. We've always believed in throwing, and so I think uh, we, you know, if the guys are are stronger and and they see results, um, you just got to be careful with their arms. Mm-hmm. No, and, and the, no, no, that was awesome. That was no ring. It was great. Um, and I, I was thinking just the the amount of arm care, you know, like the things that we do, cause you hear that a lot, you know, guys like, Oh man, you got to do so many things. And, and I don't know if it's so many things and coach, um, I forget uh, which coach, but it mentioned, it's just like, Oh, coach Alexander, just from Ohio. I'm not sure if you know Ryan Alexander or not, but, uh, Ryan just mentioned, you know, just how, you know, you don't have to do them all, but you might find one, like maybe the reverse throws, you might love that drill for the plyo drills, yeah. you know, like, and, and, and then you, then you could do, it. you don't necessarily do all of them, but if, you know, the kids have a, if we are able to show them, you know, and say, Hey, this, this could work for you. And then they find what does and what doesn't. Cause then it f- goes right back into what you're just saying. And I, and I have it in all caps. You need to be your best hitting and pitching coach. Um, and that's been a telltale sign of all these great coaches that I've been fortunate to talk to. And that's one of the things they show they they're all we're trying to do is, help them become their best coach. And I think that's what you're trying to do. Like, here's all these tools and we're going to find the best. Cause like, I'm sure you got kids who'd love the Rapsodo and I'm sure you got kids that don't like it and they don't understand it or they don't want to, you know, but at least for that other kid that really likes it. Now he found a way to get better and get better faster. No, I agree. We, we, I've always been like that. I've always tried to expose them um, to as much as we could in the fall. And then in the spring, when it gets, then we'll have, when you hit, there's going to be at least, one station where, you know, you get to whether you want the plow balls or the short bat or the long bat or the heavy bats if in season or what drills you want to do with flips or a machine, you may have to do what we're doing with our two strike station and our, our, our hitters count station and our situational station. Um, but uh, give them the, the opportunity to, to continue doing what, uh, what they want to do uh, with work for, what works for them. And I agree 100%. We're trying to give them ownership, uh, especially when they get to be juniors and seniors, uh, that they know what they what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the uh, that ownership piece is is I think, I think, I mean, for me, like, I mean, because I know we talked earlier about, like I said, advice for because I I just thought it was so unique because I, I know. You know, you are this constant learner, but I think so many of us and a lot of the guys that I get to are, these are veteran coaches that just love these conversations. So like, you know, and, and that's what I still want to talk to them too. Cause I think as a younger coach, we talked about those guys all the time, you know, like you should be doing this, but like for the older, for the veteran coach is, you know, how do we stay consistent or how do I stay where all these things stay sharp and are my fundamentals or how do I stay? Like you said, how do I keep surviving? <laughs> you know? And I think that's so, that's so unique. And um, I don't know, like, I, I guess I, I just, I just thought that was just unique talking to you of like how, um, cause you're, 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 like I said, you're so humble, but like you still stay so sharp uh, and you really do coach. And just even talking to you, it's really cool to, um, you know, have a guy of your stature and your resume to still talk about rep Soto and, and, and getting in a driveline and what you guys are doing. So, um, is that something that you said, you said you've always done, like you just kind of stayed ahead of like what you've always, you know, kind of looked at what the next thing is. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I'm becoming more so, you know, it's, 
I think a lot of us talking to Joe Sato and some of these guys that, you know, we wish we would have known a lot of this information 20 years ago, but you go to these, the BCA or the ABCA and our local or a state organization. And, you know, I've always been one of the guys that I like to sit and listen, you know, I like to learn. And um, during the summer to, to stay sharp, you know, I've got my routine and uh, whether I'm either pulling up my laptop and I'm watching an ABCA video, um, you know, in the morning after my quiet time, or I'm pulling out the podcast recently. I, I wasn't really a podcast listener um, until this year. And, you know, like everybody says, you're mowing the field or you're doing the dirt work or you're just working out over there. You can listen to the podcast. I'm a big reader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Gordon books, we make my guy. They probably hate it because most kids don't like to read. Like, I don't know. There's not too many people that like to read it at all anymore, but I make them read a, a book and then we'll come back and talk about it. Um, after you know during the summer and john gordon books um you know the heads of baseball uh, 2.0 kendra visa and dr hansen you know, that's the bible of the mental game there and mm-hmm. and just trying to stay on top by you know, we, we talked to the guys a lot about mind body spirit you know you're getting better a little bit of it every day um you know challenging yourself physically your mind um and spiritually no matter what your your spiritual beliefs are and your soul and so I, I try to practice what I preach and it's easy during the summer for me. I get into, I get up early and I've got a routine and I, I'm able to get my quiet time and my whatever little workout I can do it with my physical condition and, and then watch a podcast or watch a video or listen to a podcast. And usually I'm pretty good by about nine or 10 in the morning and then I can start my day. Yeah. Now, now we start school on Wednesday. So it's going to be going to have to challenge me in the evenings. Oh, so you like you're an evening guy. You like do that. You, no, you I'm a morning guy. Then I'm up to, I, I usually fade early. So um, my wife and I both, because she's a nurse and I, I'm a teacher. So our school day starts at seven. And oh so, wow! Yeah. Okay. That's what. Okay. And so, so it's it's I, I'm not that. I'll get up at five thirty, but I'm not a four thirty guy, and because yeah. um, I fade early. Okay. So I have tried that. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Get, keep my routine, but just try to stay mind, body, spirit, try to practice what I preach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the, the, the grandfather, father-like to the guys. I'm preaching to them all the time. I've had, I'm in double digits with basal cell skin cancer. And so like most co- outdoor coaches. And so I, uh, I'll preach to them, do my PSA on sunblock and yeah, I'm doing the right thing and uh, diet and hydration and, reading and all that kind of, they get that from me daily. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? Oh, what's been your favorite book so far? Like, what do you think of the, the best book so far for your team's been? Oh, I don't know. Um, I've had a lot of good feedback on, on some of the stuff, the John Gordon books, the energy bus. I had a kid who he said, it's the first book he ever read. <laughs> oh, that's great. though. And, and then he went to college and in, in baseball and I don't even think he read it with us, but he went to, to OU. And and um, this is the best book I've ever read. And then um, you know we're we're reading Training Camp by John Gordon uh, this this uh, this year. Uh, I tell you, I just um, so to answer your question, John Gordon books. Yeah, because uh, they're they're nice uh, easy reads too, but such great yeah. me- good Josh, great message. Josh Medcalf. Um, I don't know if you've read Pound the Pound, Pound the, the Stone. Stone or chop wood, carry water. Yeah. You know, about the process. We talk a lot about the process and about yeah. staying and not 
far ahead or not looking behind and just focusing on, you know, one, one, which our mantra is one pitch at a time, just like a lot of people is, but we read those books. And I tell you, I just, uh, I heard him on a different podcast. I think I've listened so much. I think he was on one of the other, not yours, but uh, he's now a hitting coach for the angels. Uh, Dylan, not, I didn't want to try to pronounce his last name, but he wrote a little book called the high school baseball's hitters handbook. Yeah. And I just got it in the mail uh, last night and I was looking through it. This may be an awful read. Uh, I don't know if have you come in touch I, with that. Book? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But I, I can honestly speak to training camp. I did that one too. Like if I had yeah, one, like this, that was just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, train, those are great. Cause they're fables. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of meaning The John Gore. That's why I like them. They're easy reads. Uh, easy. I don't want I don't want to challenge the kids with something they're not going to read. Right. Uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of high level guys in baseball, AP students, and they're English. You know, they're they're workloading. Yeah, their summer reading that's pretty heavy. So right, if they can, they got all summer. You got two three months to read a you know, short book. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. pretty easy. So sure. the John Gordon books seem to be pretty good, and then the Medcap books are as good as well. Yeah, I just got a Degs fifteen to twenty eight too. I just got uh, that. I think that was gonna. I think that would be possibly another one for the team. But yeah, I think John Gordon, like just for the fact of it's, they're just nice to get through. I mean, honestly, there's not. You're not asking a ton because of just how easy it is to get through them. Uh, compound effect has been another really, really good one. I know Schlossnagel, uh, TCU. Um, he does that one almost every year. He's, he just he? loves it. He just loves that one too. Cause it's about the little things, you know, it's about one yeah. step at a time, one pitch at a time. If I have these little daily routines, you know, and, and that's what it comes down to those little daily things that I do all the time, you know, end up <clears throat> making a big difference. So, um, so that was a really good one as well. So well, that would be we, like everybody else. We just try to get a little bit better every day. You know, that's, that's the yeah. goal. Yep, and that's what the compound effect's about. So it kind of re- reiterates that, especially if you would might need more of that one year, you know. Um, so I know that was great. So, like, when 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 did you start doing that? You know, there could be a coach, and you're like, wow, I'm only in year three. I don't know about putting a book. Like, when when did you when, – when was it time for you that you felt like, man, we could use a book? Uh, I think we've been doing it for about 12, 12 15 years now. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm not sure when, but I give them their summer homework. Um, it's, it's real simple It's live your family values. That's, and be able to, you know, take a test when you come back over and it's real simple It's four family values, but you'd be surprised how many kids brain fart and, and don't do anything and read the book. And I, I used to give them a quiz over the book. Now I ask them to give me a one page reaction paper. Okay. Uh, so they'll, they'll turn into paper. Uh, we've, we've, um, We've, I told them to watch Miracle, the, the, the hockey, the Miracle yeah. this summer, and, and look for family values in Miracle. I think there's some great, there's some great um, stuff in that, in that book or in that movie. Um, Admiral McRaven's speech. I don't know if you've ever heard that one, Make Your Bed. Oh, you mean Seal. Make Your Bed. Make Your Bed, yeah. 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 Great one. So I, I, I found that online one time, and I printed it out, and they had to, they had to read that. And so um, when he gave his speech at UT – and that's mm-hmm. a, that was that's pretty good. I didn't do that this summer. I did watch the miracle instead. But mm-hmm. I try to get two or three things to do. Um, we talk about habits a lot. Used to be a big goal goal person setting goals, and now I think you know reading some books out there and just talking to people and just makes sense that you know habits are you know that's how you accomplish your goals. It's good habits. 
So we'll hit them when we come back to about what are your habits going to be this fall? You know, what, what do you, what, what do you need to change? What do you, what do we need to get better as a team, but also you as an individual? And um, what are some of the habits that you have? Uh, it could be simple as, you know, are you going to read 10 minutes a night or, or get out of bed 10 minutes earlier, give up, give up drinking carbonated drinks, you know, and drinking more water, things like that. So we talk about habits a lot with them. And um, mm, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, like, could, could we have, could we dive in a little bit more of that? Like, just like, because uh, I'm just wondering how you would do that with kids. You know, like, are you, is it a matter of, like you try to back, you try to mac mat with them. Like you say, like, I know you said, cause instead what I'm trying to think is like, okay, well, why would I held this habit? Because I probably should have some type of thing I want to get to. Like, like how do you being a teacher that you are, how do you take them through that steps to help create a good habit? Uh, well, it has to be, I wish I could remember the terminology, but it, you know, it's gotta be something you're going to follow through. Like, uh, and I can't remember the book I read, uh, it's a little bit high level for the kids, a little bit high level for me too. But about that, it's about forming habits. Okay. And you know, you don't get to a hundred push-ups a day by trying to do a hundred push-ups. You do one push-up. You know, then you do two push-ups, and you develop. It's not about the number; it's about just doing it or, or putting your the book you want to read, put it in on your bed. And so, you know, you've got to pick that book up to get in bed. So it's it's there. Um, one thing I do challenge them with all the time is, you know, y'all have goals, whether it's to be a lawyer, doctor, get into, you know, baseball scholarship, go to the, play major league baseball. They all have that dream. Well, look at your habits. And sometimes we'll have them take a, um, sorry, my dog's being annoying here. It's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, look at your habits and, and do they reflect your goals? And if, if your habits reflect your goals, then you're good. But you may have to modify, you, you know, your goal, lower your expectation. You know, if you're not, if you're not in the weight room three, four, five days a week, and if you're not hitting or you're not throwing, then you may have to lower your expectations of being a major league baseball player. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to be a, get into this, this level of academic institution, if you're not studying every night, um, you know, you're not going to get, so either raise your, raise or lower your goals, but also, you know, look at your habits, um, your actions daily. And so one of the things we'll do uh, when we come back and we didn't, we didn't follow through on this last year, but have them fill out their weekly schedule. And so they know where their time is going, um, whether it's going to social media, whether it's going to, you know, baseball, you know, a lot of guys, when they, when they start monitoring, just like when we take a diet log, right, or a, a TV log as adults, look at where our time or a budget, where our money's going. The kids look where their time is going, and I think that that's had an impact on them in the past that they're they're wasting too much time. Um, they need to be a kid. They need to. And we stress that to them. You need to enjoy life, be a kid. Uh, but also, if you've got certain goals you want to attain, then your habits should reflect those those goals. And I think a lot of these, a lot of these guys who you know, who succeed at the highest level, you know, they, they've got that figured out. I think that schedule is awesome. So they literally like will plan out a day and say, Hey, here's what my day is. Here's what my day looks like, or like you're a week. That yeah, I think what we're going to do this year, I've done it a couple of different days. I think what we're going to do this year is I think I'm going to have them the first week um, of real school. Cause 
the first three days are kind of just getting to know everybody. Yeah. But then that following week, I think I'm going to have them take a log and just log their week. And w- what did you do today? Where, how many hours did you spend in school? Because you know, the school part's easy. But and then just log your week, and then we'll we'll take a look at that and see where your time is going. And um, I think they what I'm where I'm right now is we're gonna, they're going to have them turn that in, and then eventually they're going to have they're going to fill out their schedule. Uh, whether we can come up with, I'm not a computer person, but come up with some kind of spreadsheet where they just fill it in, or maybe hard copy where they just write it in and write in what their expected schedule is. Uh, so they know where their time is going. You know, time, we're trying to teach them time management too. You know, yeah. they're going to, for right now, their parents have been taken care of. We go to college and that's going to be a non-issue. And especially if they're an athlete, you know, that's doubly challenging to be a student athlete at the next level. So if we could try to teach them to be a little bit a better time manager, um, you know, I know we don't have a lot of influence over them like college coaches do because they're not, you know, they still have their, their home life, but I think the parents appreciate that too when they know we're trying to work on time management uh, with them. And so, if they, first of all, they need to know where their time's going, mm-hmm. and they need to maybe be helped in making adjustments um, on where they need to be spending their time. Once they find out what their workout schedule is going to be, their their classroom load is, um, and things like that. Wow! Yeah, that was that's awesome. That is so good. I think it's good for anybody. I think it's good for anybody right now. Almost like a check-in, even with yourself. Wow, that's good. I was even thinking to myself, like, man, I, I should, I might even just do that myself right now, just to kind of see where I'm at and see where I want to go. Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's why I try to, to, I do it myself. Yeah, every once in a while, I say, okay, well, what do I want to accomplish? And right. how are my habits? And so I have to correct some of my habits, you know, uh, whether it's, if it's keeping me from getting to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Log your week first. We'll reflect, and that way they can see where their time is going, and then they would fill out their schedule based yeah, off think, of their know, habits. Yeah, I, I got that idea just from I don't know many years ago. But also, yeah. you know, people when they're going on a diet, they look, they you know, you journal your your food intake, or mm-hmm. you journal your budget, and where yeah. your money's going, and then you go from there. Yeah. You need to have an idea of where your time is going. Well, again, that comes back to the self-awareness piece too. You know, I think that's what you've been really good at. You know, what you've been talking about, the self-awareness piece. They're becoming their own coach by seeing what, here's what I do. Um, Another thing, I think it's why you like the compound effect too. They do a lot of tracking like that. You know, it's it's a lot of that, you know, and where you track kind of your daily habits and what you're doing. So it's very similar. I think you really like that. Darren Hardy's the the author there. Um, But yeah, that's, that is really, really good. And then they can track those daily habits and kind of create maybe a new one um and to help fill their goals so that's great so let's say and so if a kid let's say i guess uh, you know he wanted to be first team you know all conference you know want to hit her 400 then he needs to make sure that that habit of hitting for 30 minutes or hitting for an hour or taking 100 swings you know needs to be part of his daily log his schedule with a purpose with a purpose i'm a big intent person me too it's, right it's not just about going it's not just about taking 100 swings or 100 ground balls it's yeah what's your intent um i think all of us tell these guys i'd rather have you take 10 ground balls at 100 percent intent even if you're not throwing you know four second feet but mm-hmm. um rather than 100 ground balls with with 50 intent because then you're just getting sloppy right and so i think i think probably all of us coaches who have some degree of success or preaching 
uh, your intent, whether whatever word you use, but you know, what's your intent? Um, that they hear that from me a lot. So no, I agree 100%. And now it's, it's like, and then I had the rap Soto would be like, okay, I'm going to hit 10 balls at nine at my 90% exit velo, you know, to the back of the screen. You know what I mean? Like there's this very specific, you know, uh-huh. goal that you can, that you can say that you're trying to create. So, okay. Yeah. That is super cool. Well, coach, I mean, here we are. Well, look, hour and 20 minutes and you just, you know, you just not a talker, you know, can't do <laughs> not your forte. Now here we are. We've been on the call for hour and 20 minutes. I'm going to respect your time. I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for everything, man. It's been, I mean, so, so good. So good. So good. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate you doing this. Like I said, I've, I've been the last probably three weeks I've been just eating this stuff up. This is so good. <laughs> Listen to all these uh, coaches and taking notes and I appreciate you taking notes and putting them on, on the site too. That's, that's, that's been great. I got to figure out a way to print those off. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad, I'm glad to do it. And it, it helps me learn. Like, honestly, like I couldn't sit here and this is how I am with my game. I got a game card and I got to take notes. i like, first and third like we got to get better like this backhand play like i have to write it down or like i just get too i just have to write it down so it's just the way that Uh, i learn no i agree and if you know if there's any i'm not a big advice giver but to to young coaches you know i think i've heard a couple coaches say this when we first started out you know we were just trying to do all this stuff yeah you know trying to do everything you hear this great this great drill or this great and you try to do it all and uh, I think one of my strengths, I know my strengths, I definitely know my weaknesses, uh, but one of my strengths is, is trying to figure out what works for our guys, you know, what yeah. works for our program and what fits them. So you have to sift through that. And, and um, I think don't try to do it all. Uh, but I think there's, there's just gold in these podcasts and in the ABCA videos and the barnstormer videos that they're just invaluable to, uh, if they're invaluable to an old guy like me, who's been through this for 38 years, you know, you know, I have a, a young former player who just got his first coaching job out of, out of Oklahoma State. It's like you need to join and you need to start listening to these podcasts. Right away. Right away. So I, sent him, I sent him your podcast. Oh, thank you, man. That's awesome. I appreciate that. So hopefully he'll follow through. He's, he's a little overwhelmed right now. but Wow. Well, when you come out, when you come out, I'm sure he's going to listen to that one. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, well, so if, if somebody does want to reach out to maybe email, uh, what's the best email? What's the best way to get in touch with you, Coach? Uh, the, I think it's the one you have, R Eastman okay. at ConroeISD.net. Very helpful. Well, I appreciate you, Trey. Thank you very much. Coach Ron Eastman from the Woodlands High School. Can't thank him enough for all the wisdom he shared. Touching base with us about all his mental game stuff. Again, the mental things game things he's been doing before mental game was was even part of the game and from his red lights green lights um red lights is when the game is speeding out of control uh game is getting too fast for you You have to release you got to stop slow it down breathe um to get back to green lights green light is it's good it's good to go you keep the keep the gas down keep rock and rolling everything's good to go um, and you have to have the self-awareness to be able to do that, and that's where the routines come in place, the breathing comes in place, and that's where his, you know, creating awareness, the things that he does within the program to help kids have ownership and create more self-awareness so they can make those changes. 
loved his routines of just when you come into practice, you're taking your clothes off. You know, when you get changed into your baseball, like you're probably going a baseball player, you're letting everything else go. And then when you, on the opposite end of that, when you leave practice and you put on your street clothes, you're now the student, you're now the son. And um, just the teaching in that and what that does, even for us as, as, as baseball coaches, as fathers, uh, to do that when we come into the, to the house, you know, to, to literally just go through that routine and how better that would help us. And I'm sure, like I said, Coach practices what he preaches. That's something that he's been on my um, You know, just love how they, they need their classroom sessions. They're mapping it out. They're working in the community. Um, they have their family values. Um, they call them their family values, their core values. Just little things like that that, like we said, at the end he found out what works for his guys. And works for his guys, he calls them their family values, not their core values. Love the summer homework. You know, live out your family values. Live them out. See where they're going to be. Find, watch this movie. Find out the family values and how they're portrayed in that movie. How they work for us. Great little things. Very applicable to what a lot of people do in all things. Um, so, again, Coach Eastman, can't thank you enough. Appreciate you guys for sharing. Um, you know, just like that, he talked about sharing with this assistant coach. Um, guys has got new jobs. I can't, that, that's exactly what this is for. That's exactly what this was made for is just to continue to grow the game with co- from coaches perspective, like coach Eastman guys who are, it's not about them. It's about, it's about the game. It's about the players that we're going. It's about leaving it better than we found it. And knowing that the game teaches us so much more than the game, it, it prepares us for our things when we do Leave. We know we're teaching guys probably we're getting things up there. They're probably not even going to understand um, and appreciate when we have them, and that's okay because it's preparing them for when they when it really matters, and that's going to be in their life. So, again, thank you for those people that continue to support. Please share, keep sharing the podcast with everybody that would help possibly help. Uh, feel free to send me any feedback at tradeteacob at gmail Give Will Miner those guys at Netting Pros a look. Nettingpros.com. Check out the Netting Pros family, all the other guys, part of the family chat. It's just so really great to be part of that that family, and um, I'm really happy about it and proud of that. So until next week, keep getting better.